Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. Today is Wednesday, August 2nd. My friend Wendy, the author of Triggers, is back here on the podcast with me today. If you are a homeschool mom and you have ever lashed out in anger at your kids, moment of silence for you. Okay, and for me. All right, and for all of us. Stick around, you guys. I think you're going to be encouraged. So today we are really excited, my husband and I, because uh, my friend Wendy Speak is back on the podcast with me. And we've been talking, we talked on Monday about her book, Triggers, and kind of how she came to write that book. Um, But I am so encouraged anytime I can spend time with a mom who is authentic and she's willing to say, listen, I'm in the trenches, I get this thing, but not just stay there and wallow in what is uh, really a, a tough thing. Motherhood is tough. She's saying, hey, follow me as I follow Christ. And that just encourages me because the answers that we're looking for are always found at the feet of Jesus. So that's one of the things I love about Wendy. We're going to talk specifically to homeschool moms today. So Wendy, welcome, welcome, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. You know, I've done I've done a few interviews, uh, quite a few, the last year and a half on triggers and mommy anger, but this is my first one sitting down with someone and talking about how it affects our homeschooling days. So, um, and even those of you who are trying to do homework after after your kids have been off at school. So this is a conversation I'm really looking forward to having with you. Yeah. And you and I have been, we've been at this homeschooling gig for a little while. So why don't, uh, everybody already knows about me. So why don't you tell them um, how many kids you have and how long you've been homeschooling? Sure, sure. Um, well, I'm one of those non-traditional ones. I, I think in this generation, we're all pretty non-traditional. Yep. There are just so many different opportunities um, to be schooling your children at home or in co-ops or in charter schools or however you want to do it. So I've bounced around a lot with my family. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think my most popular blog post has to do with how often we've changed um, <laughs> learning models and curriculum and schools and homeschools and stuff. But when my kids were really, really young, so I, I had a preschooler and a toddler and a baby, I moved to a, a new neighborhood where everybody homeschooled, like our church, like everybody, and I use the term everybody loosely, it felt like everybody was homeschooling and they were doing it through a local charter school that mm-hmm. was one of those that you can go two days and homeschool three days or homeschool full-time and they set you up with the curriculum. And even our pastor's wife was one of the education specialists there. And so, um, and then one of my very dearest friends that I made when I moved to town, she was planning on doing it and her kids were all our kids' age. So she said, well, let's just do preschool. And so we called it play school. What could and possibly we just went go and wrong? School together. We, yeah. <laughs> when everything is so sweet and they're just learning, you know, and A says, ah, it, it's all yep. so fun. What, yeah. could, what could possibly make me angry in the That's future? Right. <laughs> um, and it was, it was delightful. It was so sweet. And the, 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 see, there was someone we hired to hold, hold the babies and the toddlers played and the preschoolers, you know, traced letters in the sand and were like, this is home. It's fabulous. Let's go on a nature walk and read <laughs> Little House on the Prairie. And it was great. And um, and then we started and it, it continued to go really well. I, I love teaching those younger years. Yeah. It's so sweet because they learn so fast and they think it's all a game because it is a game. Yep. And then when my youngest went to, not went to, started kindergarten, um, I couldn't cope. Um, 
my children, I have some very, and I don't use the term lightly. I have very strong-willed children. Mm. I marry a strong-willed man and it works for us because I'm, I'm a natural submissive uh, nurturer. Mm-hmm. And so it works in our marriage relationship, but God didn't make me to submit to my children. No. And so having three children at home all day fighting me on doing work um, yep. actually felt at the end of the day, like I had been in a battle. Yeah. Well, because you and, have been. Um, I had been and yeah. I felt, I felt abused. I felt beat up. And there's a, there's a popular uh, saying, I don't know if you've heard it, hurt people, hurt people. Yep. Yep. And what I found in my homeschooling experience was I was feeling hurt. And so I was responding and being hurtful. Yeah. And, um, I have a series of blog posts called, you're not a victim, you're a mom. And it really became the mantra. I had to speak to myself. You're not a victim, Wendy. Mm -hmm. You're just a homeschooling mom today. You're not a victim. You just have a hard job. This is just hard, but you're not a victim because just like hurt people, hurt people, victims victimize. And I was, I was speaking to my children in ways that did not build them up. It tore them down. Yeah. Um, so I, it, that was the beginning of the journey of seeing how my anger was creeping into our homeschooling days. And actually I was so overwhelmed. My husband said, uh, I think you need to send a couple of them at least off to school. So I did. Yeah. And, um, my oldest Caleb went off to a local Christian school and the, they were, wonderful at saying, Oh, we really, we are so gracious. We try to function from a place of grace, but his ADD kind of went through the roof roof that year. Anyone who has a kid with ADD knows that fourth grade is a thing. Like that's (laughs) when work gets harder and ADD gets more intense and it's just seriously hard. And all of the talk and all of the good intentions, I don't doubt the intentions of wanting to be gracious. And there was no grace for my child. And so from a mom who struggled with gracelessness during homeschool days, I'm like, dude, if someone's not going to have grace for my kid, it's going to be me, not you. So I actually, I I felt like I went into rescue mode because he was hurting so bad. Yeah. And, um, we tried, we tried medication. None of it worked. It just sent him into a depression. Yeah. So I thought, okay, well then we got to figure it out. This is my job. And I thought that perhaps... God had given me a vision for homeschooling before we needed to, Mm. so that when I realized we needed to, I had already bought into the model. I had already bought into the vision. I wanted to do it. Yeah. Um, So I brought him home and um, and away we went. However, I didn't have a plan of how I was going to parent a kid who struggled with the inability to stay focused. Yeah. And so I hadn't read any good books or got any good counseling. So here's one example of what I would do um, on the day that he's homeschooling and doing math and not able to focus. And he'd be melting down at the table. But I can't, it doesn't make sense. And I had it in my mind since I knew that this was a brain thing. And the brain is deep within the head, within the skull. So I thought maybe if I talk louder, if I talk louder and I'm a little bit stronger, then maybe it'll wake up that part of the brain that's asleep and then he'll do his work. And that didn't work. So then, well, why don't you do one math problem and then do five push-ups and then do one math problem? So I'm trying all the things. Yeah. 
And then you're doing math uh, for six hours a day. It would do in math for six hours a day. And my sweet girlfriend, who I did play school with when our kids were in preschool, she said, Wendy, you were willing to pay for him to go to a private school. Why don't you just find a local homeschooled high school kid and see if he'll come in and tutor for math? Yep. And so I was like, okay, I'll look into that. So I found someone and it was a referral. So I didn't know the guy outside of talking to him on the phone and he had a soft voice. I was like, this soft voice is not going to work because you have to yell. (laughs) You have to yell for my child's brain to work, right? (laughs) So he walks and he's like six foot 13. I mean, he's huge and and a hundred pounds soaking wet with this really soft voice. And he's kind of slumped over and he sits at the table, the kitchen table with my Caleb. And I walk out thinking this is so not going to work because he looks like he's practically asleep. And he talks like this. And they come out like 25 minutes later saying, okay, he finished it all. Yeah, he totally got it. I was like, what? You've got to be kidding me. And this is what I have to say, Heidi. If what you're doing during your homeschool days, but also just during your home days, isn't working, Mm -hmm. you need to think of something new. Mm. You need to figure out a different response. It's crazy to keep doing the same thing that doesn't work over and over. It's Einstein that says that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing day after day. Expecting expecting a different result. Yep. And that crazy makes us act crazy. Yeah. And so what if in a moment void of math, in a moment void of conflict, we sit down and say, okay, what needs to change? What needs to change about me? What needs to change about the curriculum for that kid? What needs to change about the order of our days? What needs to change? And then make some changes rather than pushing through with all that controlling mama, homeschool mama strength, yeah. saying no, because I have an agenda and we have curriculum we've purchased. Yep. Because you can buy the, the best curriculum on the market. Preach. I mean, I loved doing classical conversations. It is the curriculum I want for me, yep. but it didn't fit them. So the very best is not the best if it's not the best yep. for you. And so you have my permission, if you are losing it with your kids, to step back and right now is okay. If you've already bought your curriculum for the year and you step back now and say, but it's too much, it will push too hard. It leaves no margin. Like we talked about on Monday, it leaves no margin. Yep. Then you have my permission to hear two weeks before you start another school year make a change. Well, and you're always better to do it that way. Yes. And, and that's the goal. And we probably even signed up, so to speak, knowing we wanted to, but then you get on the treadmill and then you think, oh, but I've got to, and there can't be holes. And I read that I'm supposed to have an agenda or, or not have an agenda or whatever it is you read. And so you go and maybe it's not working. So you have our permission to do something new. Yeah. And that's what I had to do with my middle boy who ended up having, um, Get, he gets easily overwhelmed and um, he gets anxiety and just shuts down, does lots of crying. Mm-hmm. And so I love history. I mean, I didn't know I loved history growing up. Like I didn't really learn history. When I was growing up, they would just drop you in a class called social studies. That's right. That would plunk you and they gave you a timeline uh, and you had to yeah. memorize the dates, but they didn't I'm, sink in. Yep. Because they they would just drop you into a time in history or into a social culture or a war 
but you didn't understand where it fit in the whole scope of things. So when I, when I started doing history with my kids, I was like, oh my goodness. Like I knew that world war two came after world war one, just chronologically, it made sense one, two, but I didn't really understand the scope of history. So I was loving it, but I would do a chapter with my kids and then I'd be like, oh, and let's make a dinner and let's read this book and let's, oh, let's do this art supply. Let's do a mosaic, like the the (laughs) churches in Constantinople and I'll rip up little shreds of paper and let's get out Mod Podge. And that middle boy who enjoyed just the chapter and the answer, answering the questions, all of a sudden started melting down because he didn't know the scope of what we were going to do that day. Yeah. And so I've learned for him that he needs the same kind of lined piece of paper every day yep. with the schoolwork that he has to do. And he needs to know that when he sees Story of the World, uh, Volume 3, Chapter 1, <laughs> and then he knows he's going to read it and he's going to open up his book that has his comprehension questions, the test book, he knows that when he's done with that last question, he's done with yeah. math, with um, history. He's going to do a check mark. And so for him, he stayed calm. But when he was melting down and I went all to, to all the work to rip up the shreds of paper for our Mod Podge mosaic for the church of Constantinople, I wasn't going to get angry at him because I realized that's too much for Brody. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And I think for moms to be in touch with their kids, to just go, you know what? It doesn't have to look like what it looks like for Heidi St. John or for or for Wendy. It just needs to look like what God wants it to look like for my kids. There's freedom in that. And I think- There's freedom. Oh my goodness. Most of the moms, you know, I've been homeschooling for a long time and I always tell moms, listen, we make this so much harder than it has to be. We make it so much harder than it has to be. We make it harder on our kids. And something I'm learning as my kids are graduating now, I have three who are done and my fourth is going to be a junior this year. And I, I'm watching my kids and I'm realizing the, the cry of my heart, and I, and I want, really want moms to get this, because if you're a Christian mom, the cry of our heart really should be, Lord, draw my kids to you. Let them see who you yeah. are. Because we know, because God says this, if they know God and they know how to hear his voice, he will guide them into adulthood. He is going to help them discover what their uh, what their gifting is and where he wants them to be in terms of vocation and all that. But I think sometimes yeah. we take this model that the world puts on us, and this is absolutely, I think, a problem, even an idol in the homeschool movement, where we have become so focused on curriculum and so focused on making sure our kids have every educational experience they could possibly handle. Um, that we're missing the still small voice of God. And these mm-hmm. are the things I think, um, I, you know, it's it's walking outside of the parameters that God said, hey, walk, walk over here. It's just like what we were talking about on Monday when we say yes to something before we ask God, God, is this what you want me to do? And then all of a sudden we find our kids are overwhelmed or we're overwhelmed and pretty soon we're that screaming, you know, uh, lunatic homeschool lunatic. mom running around the house <laughs> like a clown with their hair on fire, right? We're angry. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And I have been that mom. So I have been the screaming, angry, you know, throw the math book up in the air and just say, you know what? Forget it today. I have been that mom. And every single time, well, not every time, sometimes it really is my kid's problem, but my problem was how I handled it. Um, But I think almost every time I can look back and go, I didn't inquire of the Lord. I didn't say, Lord, is this what you want? for summer? Or is this how sailor's going to work best? What do you need for Spencer? You know, each one of our kids has different 
you know, kind of a different need. And I think as moms, you know, we we feel the pressure, right? Because we're the ones who people are going to go, what's wrong with your kid if they have a hard time at college, you know? So moms feel this yeah. pressure. Slowing and I think, down and asking. Oh, yeah. Trusting. Slowing down and asking the Lord is huge. But you know, Heidi, we need to do it in our moms too. Yeah. Not just over our summer, not just over our curriculum choices. But if my child is doing something I mean, even sinful. Like if he is being disrespectful, Mm -hmm. rude, yelling, no, I mean, whatever the thing. Hello. And we respond quickly, it's guaranteed we're not going to respond righteously. So, I mean, the word gives us a a pattern for how we're to to be be slow to speak and quick Mm -hmm. to listen and Mm -hmm. slow to become angry. So, what if we don't have to parent in the problem? This Mm -hmm. is a problem right now. And uh, I'm going to come back in a few minutes, but I need to go put mom in a timeout so that I can figure out what I'm going to say to you right now. Yeah. You can either finish up the work that's in front of you. You can go to your room. You can read. Yeah. But we need to address this. And I don't know how right now. Yeah. I guarantee if you leave your child, the Holy Spirit would speak to your child. The Holy Spirit is so good at convicting our kids when they've done wrong, except we think that it's our job. You know, we've learned this in our marriage. What if we learned it in our parenting to trust the Holy Spirit to convict our kids? But the opposite is true, Heidi. When we just jump in and we start berating them and throwing Bible verses at them Mm -hmm. or just yelling and our bulging eyes and our beating sweat on our brow and our, you know, flaring nostrils, do you know that our kids are not going to remember what they did wrong. Or even if they, they're not going to feel bad about it mm-hmm. because they're going to feel bad about our behavior. We steal the show. We steal the thunder. We steal the teachable moment. We absolutely pull the rug out from under our own feet. Yep. And we don't have any authority to actually be part of what God wants to speak into that little life because we've made it about our response yep. and not about you know, we made it about our reaction rather than their action. Yeah, I think it's so true. And I'm always telling moms, listen, you know, your kids are going to grow up one day sooner than than we imagine it, actually. And they're going to leave your house and they're going to take their memories of you with them. And those mm-hmm. memories, it's the, it's, I, I think that the the big really is found in the little. It's the little the little everyday moments, the little moments when we are constantly uh, arguing over the same things or we have the same sinful response that eventually yes. winds up. Those wind up being uh, being the big things. And I think it's important for moms to just go. Listen, God has you. I I love this verse out of James four. I was thinking about this earlier. James four, uh, chapter uh, uh, James chapter four verses one and two says, "What causes fights and quarrels?" among you. Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And I think for the mom who's who's uh, listening to this today, and she knows, man, this is a struggle. And Wendy, like I said, yeah. I, I so love your vulnerability, and I um and I you know I have said many times in the podcast, most of the people who listen to me long enough uh, know that I don't like to be in a glass house because none of us should be in those places. But the uh, but James is saying, listen, we don't have because we don't ask God. And so if you're struggling uh, with anger, um, you know, I just want to encourage moms who are listening, get alone with the Lord. Maybe stop yes. choosing curriculum 
silent for a while, stop coming up with your agenda, stop making your plan and go, Father, this is a, this is an issue with me. Can you help me get past it? Show me what's really important so that I don't win a, a battle and lose the war uh, for the hearts and minds of my children. And I think that is the that is the thing that, we, that moms need to come away with is just God will help you. He will help us if we've got anger problems. He helps us just like he helps us in our marriages and helps us with every other thing that we come across, but we we don't ask him. Oftentimes we are so angry or we're so busy that we just neglect to ask the Lord, Father, help me. It's as simple as that. You know, I need help. Um, If you guys need more ideas, Wendy has written a book uh, with a friend of hers called Triggers. You guys are going to love it and be blessed and encouraged by it. I will link back to that and to the Bible study. You can find um, all things Wendy Speak related at her website. So I will link back to that in the show notes today. If you are on your phone right now listening to this in the car, um, I'm telling you, it'll be there for you later. So uh, do not get on your phone. Uh, I will. All that stuff will be there. It's not time sensitive. You can get to it this evening if you're subscribed to the podcast, uh, the notes will be emailed to you along with all the links that we've been talking about today. Wendy, you have actually a new follow-up book, which I'm super excited about coming out in November. Girl, what is going on with yes, your new book? I know. I wish I could give you all the details, but I, I really just follow along at wendyspeak.com or on Facebook. But I will tell you this, it is the natural follow-up to triggers. If you are being triggered, And we get so many emails that say, okay, but what do I say? What do I say when they do X, Y, and Z? And so that's really the, that's the heartbeat behind um, the next book, which is Mm. what do you say when they X, Y, or Z? And say, stay tuned. And there's a whole chapter on homeschooling and it may be my favorite one of all. So um, maybe I'll come back and we can talk about that too. Yeah, well, we'll definitely do that. Well, Wendy, thank you so much for just your honesty and your encouragement for all these moms to know first that they're not alone. Second, that God hears them. And third, that there really is victory. There really is. It's ahead of us and if we're we're looking for it. So I thank you so much for coming. Can we sign off with Isaiah 43, 18 through 19, Uh, just to give hope if anyone's feeling like, um, like they're stuck and there's just no hope for them. Yeah. Uh, So this is for you, moms and dads. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Mm. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So go on now and be blessed and be prepared that the Lord is going to do a new thing in you, through you, and in the lives of the next generation. Mm, Thank you, Wendy. That's absolutely right. Um, Always, always, always pointing uh, listeners back to the word. So I appreciate that so much. Hey, everybody, it's going to, we are into August right now. I've got a brand new scripture writing challenge out for you. If you're not subscribed to the blog, you can do that at HeidiStJohn.com. And uh, we're having, I'm really what God's been doing in my heart through all the stuff that's going on with Bobby. I know a bunch of you have questions about Bobby and I didn't talk about him today. You can follow his story at a Facebook page I created that's really being run pretty much by my nieces. And now it's called uh, Miracles for Bobby Asa. And you can find that on Facebook. I'll talk about him a little bit more on uh, on Friday the 3rd, but I just wanted to tell you um, a lot of what God has done in my heart uh, in June and July, walking this through um, is being reflected in the August scripture writing challenge. So I hope that you'll check it out. If you've got any questions or you've got a show idea or you've got a message you want to get to Wendy, please email me as usual at podcast at thebusymom.com. I look forward to hearing from you and we'll see you back here on Friday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com. Mm-hmm.